It's a hard path. The life of a hero. People depend on you. Even if you win a battle, sometimes they die. The world is asking who is going to be the next Iron Man. Stark made you an Avenger. The world needs people like you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look It Up podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing Spider-Man Far From Home 2019, directed by John Watts. Following the events of Avengers Endgame 2019, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. Um, Spider-Man... Far From Home 2019 is directed by John Watts, the uh, same director as um, Spider-Man Homecoming 2017 and uh, Cop Car um, 2015 with Kevin Bacon. Um, This is also written by Chris McKenna, who is a writer on Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and uh, producer for community, community among uh, other things. Um, he was also responsible for the screenplay for Jumanji, Welcome for the Jungle, Welcome to the Jungle, and uh, the Lego Batman movie, as well as many seasons of uh, American Dad. So, um, Spider-Man: Far From Home. It's the follow-up from. The Avengers Endgame movie. If you know by now, then everyone knows that Marvel's um, movies all tie in together in a way. So you kind of have to watch the majority of the previous ones to understand the next one. And that's the way they're producing a lot of their movies these days. So with saying that, you, you this is going to have sort of spoilers for uh, some of the other Marvel movies. So just go in knowing that. Um there's possible there's a possibility for that. So, um Spider-Man Far From Home 2019 stars Tom Holland reprising his role as Peter Parker in Spider-Man and uh Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Jake Gyllenhaal as Quentin Beck slash um Mysterio, Marissa Tomei as May Parker, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, Zendaya as MJ, um Jacob Babylon Badalon as Ned Leeds and Tony Revoli as Flash Thompson. Um, this has a pretty great cast, is what I would say. Um, strong, decent writing. The problem with this movie is for the first half of this movie, it feels like retreads of things we've already seen. It's very much, uh, Peter Parker goes to um, goes to France, and it's um, not so much a Spider-Man movie as it is a Peter Parker movie. And the first first half of this movie really lies heavily on the romantic comedy aspects of it, as well as showing the remnants of what happened at the end of Avengers Endgame, which by now I'm assuming you've already watched. So knowing that, um, 
this is really taking up picking up the pieces of what happened at the end of Endgame, which was the death of Tony Stark, and kind of, um, it's not quite the division of the Avengers, but it's definitely the moving on of them, um, in a way. So, what they're doing in this movie is addressing everything that happened and what what happened at Aven- uh, of the uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame is what they're addressing now in Spider-Man Far From Home, and they're calling it the dis- the disappearance of everyone and reappearing of everyone is called uh, the blip. And so the one thing I do like about the first half of this movie is it does a great job addressing what's happened in the previous movie and movies and uh, kind of explaining how the the people within the world are reacting to it. Um, I like the explanation within that um, because a lot of people had questions at the end of uh, Endgame. So my problem mostly, I, I wouldn't say it's mostly, it's a major problem, but I feel like a large chunk, 45 minutes of the movie, I was I was fighting to stay awake. Uh, audiences were, you know, chuckling here and there. Um, I was chuckling here and there. I didn't think it was a hilarious movie, but it was really leaning into the romantic comedy aspects of it. And, uh, you know, kind of using tropes and cliched uh, writing techniques of other romantic comedies that we had seen before. Um, it was um, about the midway turning point where I really, really found that I was enjoying this movie. Um, there's... I'd say there's a midway twist that really um, sets it apart. After watching the trailer, as a matter of fact, um, they do a really good job at uh, not giving away too much information, I would say. They do introduce the the star um, coming in, Jake Gyllenhaal, as Quentin Beck, as a uh, Mysterio, but they really don't give you much to, to go with on that. Um, let me see what else we can say about this in non-spoiler section. Action. Action, I would really give a 7 out of 10. Um, but overall, the overall movie would be probably an 8 out of 10 if I had to give a final one. Um, I guess there's not too much I can say without uh, going to spoilers. Um, one thing I will say, if you're going to see this movie, if you haven't already seen it, you have to stay for the last two um, in in game for the last two in credits. Um, the in credits are indefinitely some of the most important scenes of the movie, and they decide to put it at the end of the credits. And I don't know how I feel about it. Not feeling too hot on it. Um, yeah, I think that it would have been a game changer if they would have left the, uh, those two scenes in the movie. Um, other than that, um, I think that second half of the movie really steps it up in a way that I was much more interested in. So I ended up coming out with an eight out of 10 overall, the majority of the cast does excellent. Tom Holland does a superb job as Peter Parker, although I feel like they're really putting him in, uh, in some situations where it makes Peter Parker look kind of uh, uh, unintelligent in some parts or just uh, gullible, I guess. 
Um, Samuel L. Jackson. There's something about Samuel L. Jackson in this movie that had me wondering about him. Um, so look look for the spoiler section. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. I kind of can't say too much about this character because of the way that it's marketed. So I'll just say him his portrayal as Mysterio overall is good. Um, I can explain further in spoilers once we're there. Mar um, Marissa Tomei as Mae Parker doesn't have hardly anything to do except for her tie-in with John Favreau's character as Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan was uh, John, uh, Iron Man's uh, uh, kind of like his butler, kind of like his second-hand man, kind of you know that guy. And they definitely have some sort of um, odd chemistry couple relationship thing going on I, I it, it's kind of up in the air wasn't crazy about it i'd say um zendaya's mj just give her more to do just give her more to do she's an excellent actress just give her more to do there wasn't tons for her to do in this movie um let me see who this uh oh jacob Batalon was uh the best friend of uh spider-man um i like him he's he's pretty funny as ned and they don't just let him be the sidekick character of color that uh, is cracking jokes. He actually has um, an arc and a storyline. And I think he's one of the better characters that are fleshed out during this movie. Um, and he has some comedic relief. Um, yeah, and uh, I like the diversity within this, this movie. I, they do a good job of... Uh, you know, spreading it out and it, giving it a 2019 feel, if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, let's talk in spoilers for Spider-Man Far From Home starting right now. Okay, so we're in spo uh, spoiler section. Um, the two most important scenes. Um, let's talk about them real quick so we don't forget them. First one was the Mysterio uh, releasing the video through J. Jonas Jameson, um, as, uh, what is that, what is that actor's name? Uh, the original J. Jonas Jameson, uh, J.K. Simmons, um, J.K. Simmons hops on screen and, uh, apparently releases, I didn't see these credits, uh, so, um, because I don't like staying for any of this shit, so I was kind of bummed that these were in credit scenes. So the first in credit scene was Mysterio releasing a video that shows, or that ex apparently explains that uh, Peter Parker is responsible for all of the drones and all of the quote unquote fake news that is going around. Um, and J. Jonas Jameson is kind of like an Alex Jones type, kind of releasing all of this information. Um, and then the second end credit scene, which is well, the first one, that's a major, major thing to have. And why would you put it on a credit scene? I don't know. Second one was um, the fact that we find out um, the real, the, we have a fake Nick Fury and a fake Colby Smulders. And they are being played by the scrolls that were at the end, introduced at the end of Captain Marvel. One of them was through the entire movie, and then it was his wife, apparently, that was also playing um, the other character. And the other, uh, Nick Fury and... Uh, um, what is her name? 
what uh, Nick Nick uh, Fury's uh, side character. I can't f- find her name actually. I don't think about it. Um, but anyways, the uh, those two those two characters throughout the entire Spider-Man movie were played by scrolls, and that's kind of why they were played down in a way. I I really felt like there was something wrong with uh, Nick Fury. I felt like he was too playing too straight. He didn't have hardly any personality to him and there was uh, there was a reason because he was actually not him and we find out that the real nick fury is out somewhere in a spaceship where it's made there's an illusion to make it look, look like a beach and then it flashes down that and he's in a spaceship i don't know something crazy evidently and these are the two cre- in credit scenes that we missed um and uh, hopefully you got to see, and if you didn't, just try to figure figure out what the hell happened. So apparently, two of the biggest end credit scenes um, in Marvel were were shown here. Overall, Spider Man Far From Home, I was dividing the the um, the review kind of down the middle. I really felt like the first half of the movie, I was I was fighting to stay awake. I was I was tired, and I was I not very interested in the way that it was being portrayed and there was there wasn't tons about it that was really grabbing me um but once spider-man hands over uh iron man's glasses tony stark's glasses it uh it, it kicks up to the next level and we find out that mysterio was a previous worker and in the holographic program, uh, along with all of his colleagues who had previously worked for Stark Industries, and that was one part of the movie I thought really worked, and I kind of wanted them to mine a little bit more from it. And I I liked that it was a team of people that were pissed off, and it wasn't just one person. Although it kind of ended up being just Mysterio himself. Quentin Quentin Beck ended up kind of just taking full control. Um, but using the drone technology, we find out what's creating these elementals or whatever the hell it's called elements i think it's elementals or something i don't know i was not interested ultimately from uh the introduction of mysterio and the elementals i thought they were just a very okay plot uh centric device to have everyone come together and fight something but it really felt like that first hour felt like a 2005 um i don't know romantic comedy superhero movie executed at a really high degree but i was just i was fighting i was fighting to stay awake but once he gives those glasses and we find out all of the other um big things that uh the big i guess inventions and revelations they have within the stark industries and then we're introduced to all these people that were part of it uh the the uh the guy from um iron man one or whatever the hell the um the bald guy, apparently that's, uh, what's his face from, um, uh, a Christmas story. Uh, let me see if I can find that guy's name. Um, I don't know. There's, there was a list of people that had worked for, um, Tony Stark that were, um, were taken, were, were, were pissed at him and they kind of had this like revolt and they were using drone technology to, I guess, fight back and kind of create news that would cater to themselves, which I was a little bit confused about what they ultimately wanted to do. It seemed like they wanted to create their own um, superhero, even though there's Avengers out there. It didn't completely track 100% with me. Like, I I don't understand 
what the point was in creating these manufactured uh, uh, tragedies for Mysterio to to come through and save so they could get the glory or something. I'm not really sure. Um, if I can, if I can find some more information, I'll add it in the show notes. Anything I messed up, obviously, is going to go in the show notes. Um, anything I forget, show notes. <laughs> Just check the show notes out for any of that shit. Um, but yeah, overall. Um, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was just fine for the first hour, but once he was able to really act into the Quentin Beck character he really wanted to be, once he he revealed himself, I was like, okay, this is what I came for. Because you don't hire Jake Gyllenhaal to just sit there deadpan because, of course, pretty much any actor can do that, but you want somebody that can do this range of kind of craziness but also... Um, also determined, deterministic, and kind of almost OCD in a way, and I feel like uh, Hall is one of the best to do that. Um, there is this will-they-won't-they they subplot with Peter Parker and Zendaya, uh, sorry, uh, Peter Parker and MJ, and in real life, Tom Holland and Zendaya actually date, or they did date or something, they had a relationship, so you can see that they have some great chemistry on here. I really do feel like in the first little bit they're trying to act so downplayed that they're really trying to act like uh, they're not already, you know, in love or something like that. But I, I kind of felt from Zendaya that she was holding back a smile in almost every scene. And based on Spider-Man Homecoming, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they had a lot of great chemistry between the, the, the two. And... I think she was already feeling uh, Peter Parker as a, um, a love interest in that. So uh, seeing what was going on in this was a lot of fun, kind of the will they, won't they. But ultimately, we find out that uh, MJ follows Peter Parker to, in a, in, to, to find out if he's Spider-Man. And essentially, she takes a wild guess that he is, and she he confirms it. And uh, from there, that's where the Mysterio stuff comes up. Uh, and they have to go resolve that. So um, ultimately, well, Zen, uh, MJ knows for a very short amount of time, evidently, because um, before everyone knows. It, it, I'm curious to see what they're going to do in the next Spider-Man versus um, if they're going to have like everyone's trying to find Spider-Man to you know to sue him to uh, to figure out if he's the reason for the drones you know to i want to know if he's going to come out as like the tony stark peter parker i am spider-man kind of thing or if he's going to be on the run and he doesn't want to be caught in that type of you know fugitive spider-man which is much more intriguing to me um kind of reminds me a little bit of the dark knight in some some way but um yeah i i'd like the movie didn't love it the trippy stuff with Mysterio and having the drones, uh, technically, I thought was a really good idea because it, it 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 trips up Spider Man in a way. But I really wanted like a sixth sense uh, to come out of Tom Holland or, or sorry to come out of Peter Parker for him to realize, oh, there's a drone beside me. There was there was a few scenes where it was excellent. It was almost like the Doctor Strange effect of having him go through all these crazy. Uh, trippy vortexes and stuff like that to confuse him and eventually send him throwing you know throwing spider-man out of a window uh of a building 
And I could see how that would be crazy, but I wanted to see from Mysterio's point of view what was happening to uh, Spider-Man from the outsider point of view, just to see what kind of lights were being shined on him and how he was reacting. It's just more or less, less like seeing from a third-party point of view. But um, overall, when it was all happening, during that act, uh, I think it was the second act, when um, Spider-Man is fighting Mysterio, when he thinks he's talking to... Uh, Samuel Jackson. I thought that was a great scene. I thought the the editing it editing in it is what's really um, smooth and it's uh, flawless and going in in and out of these trippy transitions and stuff like that. So I thought that was some of the more fun stuff. That's why I kind of bumped it up to an eight out of ten. I did think there was kind of this uh, missing part of the movie that I didn't feel like we had that much Spider-Man in. I felt like it was very much more of a Peter Parker movie. It was like Peter Parker meets like Mission Impossible or something like that. It, I really got those um, those tech moments that were all from um, the Iron Man Stark Industries that he had left behind for him. Um, I love the scene when he's accidentally sets a drone on um, the guy that is trying to hit on... Um, uh, MJ, I can't remember the guy's name. Is it is it Josh? Is that the guy's name? No, it's not Josh. Um, but yeah, I let me see if I can find him real quick. Um, Brad, is his name Brad? Yeah, I think it's Brad. Um, yeah, Brad was trying to hit on MJ, and uh, yeah, it it was uh some funny scenes, and uh, I like the one where. You know, Spider Man's has to get eliminate the drone before it kills Brad. <laughs> um, pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'd say the biggest problem with this movie is the fact that Peter Parker gives one of the most important pieces of property to um, and sentimental pieces of property to a guy he just met and fought with like one time, Quentin Beck Mysterio. Um, so that was my biggest gripe. I understood that he respected him, and I, you know, he, he looked at him as like a general in some sort. But he, used, it just makes Peter look gullible as shit. And uh, I guess it, it could be fed in to the reason of you know Tom, uh, sorry, Peter Parker was in the blip, and so um, he's technically sixteen still or something like that instead of twenty one. Some strange blend of sixteen to twenty one, but um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, uh, especially with the explanation of the the blip of what what's going on, you have the uh, what they said. All the younger siblings are now older siblings, and the people that were in the blip didn't age at all, and they they blipped exactly right back where they were before, um, which leads questions like: if you were blipped in an airplane, are you going to blip back in? you know, in midair and just fall to your death or something like that. It's just craziness. Like, do you blip back wherever you were originally? So, um, lots of questions, lots of questions. Um, but hopefully this is, um, a little bit refreshing for finding out some, uh, Spider-Man far from home information. And, uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please, uh, check out the rest of the podcast. Um, actually I, I did want to mention the, uh, the trippy scene with um, showing the, the the zombie Iron Man come back that was crazy. I, I I don't really know much what much more to say about it other than it was it was trippy as hell. They relied heavily on um, 
what's her uh, Tony's Tony Stark's death. Um, I mean, I the, the the quick video at the beginning of what happened uh, seemed like it was made by you know I think it was middle schoolers or high schoolers high schoolers, and uh, I I swear that was exactly the kind of shit we would make uh, back in the day, and it was just hilarious, kind of stupid, kind of stagnant, and uh, yeah, I, it reminded me of uh, school. And uh, I did like it. I, I thought there was a lot of cute stuff going on. And, and I think that one actress, um, I can't remember where we saw that one actress before, but let me see if I can find it. Um, I don't know. But I'll, I'll go back and look and see if we can find anything about anyone else we were looking for. But um, no, that's not her. Don't know. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. Please check us out on Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Um, for questions, comments, concerns, check out the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Go to SoundCloud Library for the full library and podcast. Um, oh, it was the same chick on Black Mirror. Sorry. Uh, I was trying to find which, um, well, now I gotta, now I gotta look. You'll have me looking for this shit. So, um, yeah, we have the full podcast reviews. Uh, full podcast. The full podcast is available on SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, as long as they're there. And uh, we have just uh, an amalgamation of stuff coming down the pipe. Let me see if I can pull up what we've already covered so far, which would be Stranger Things Season 3. Um Available on Netflix. We had a, an a, aftercast number two. Um, we discussed just some personal stuff going on behind the um, the podcast. We have the Lil Nas X EP review seven. Um, Toy Story four, Toy Story three, Toy Story two, Toy Story nineteen ninety five. We have all of the Toy Stories already taken care of. Um, Men in Black International. We have some of these. Summer blockbusters that have been kind of meh, and we've done uh, some. Re- we've we've gone ahead and gone through and given most of our reviews for some of these. I will say I love some book smart um, twenty nineteen directed by Olivia Wilde. I thought that was amazing. Um, we also covered the Aladdin ninety two and twenty nineteen version. So. Um, yeah, be sure to check that out. It was Angori Rice. That was uh, the girl that played Betty Brandt. That was the girl I was looking for. She played in Black Mirror as Rachel. Um, yeah, so yeah, be sure to check out some of those podcasts coming down the tube. Thank you for listening to the Luck Out Podcast. And uh, diggities. I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Thank you for having me. You got gifts, Parker. The world needs that. I think Nick Fury just hijacked her vacation. Awesome. Spider-Man Far From Home.